Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Great, Russell. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I praise my God for that. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And we say, Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for your powerful presence that has hovered over this prayer meeting last night. For all the miracles, for all the science, for all the wonders, for all the healings, for all the testimonies that you have brought to our prayer group this week. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we are here this morning with you. We thank you for your mercy that you renew for us every morning and your grace that you are ever willing to pour out on us. We thank you, Lord, that you have loved us with that everlasting love. And all glory and honor be to you. You are worthy, Father. Your name is worthy and worthy to be praised. Worthy you were, worthy you are, and will always be the Alpha and the Omega and everything in between, Lord. We come with a humble heart. We surrender ourselves to you. All our failures, all our weaknesses, but all our crowns as well, especially pride, especially our ego. And all those achievements that we thought we had on our own. Every time we think of our capability and forget that that is a God-given gift, a talent placed on our life. We repent, Lord. We empty ourselves out of all of that wickedness. We ask for forgiveness for our sins. And today, we begin a series on reflecting on repentance. We come with that humble heart. Your word says a humble and a contrite heart you will not despise. You will not turn away. But you are ever willing to pour out your mercy because it is who you are. It is how you are. That is your nature. And we study that, Lord. So that we know you more. There is no fear. There is no guilt. There is no shame. The peace and joy that you pour into our hearts this day, Lord, we want to share with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and this praying family. We share it with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group, those that have no one to pray for them, with those that are Christians that do not know you and all those that do not want to know you and have turned away. And we ask for a quickening in their spirit this day, Lord. And so we call on your name, Father. Knowing that all those that call on your name, you will not turn away. They will not end up in shame. This is what your word says and we stand on it. You are the one that blots out our transgression and remembers our sins no more. You cast them behind your back. You are the one that makes the parched land a pool of water and the thirsty land springs of water. You fill up our lives. And so we come with that hope, with that expectation as we make our prayer in faith. We call on the name of your son, Jesus, the one who taught us that faith, the word himself, who when we keep muttering and muttering becomes so real to us, the word becomes flesh and dwells among us, but also within us. And as your word dwells within us, it is he who leads us. It is that daily manna that you feed us with. Our rock, our refuge, our strength, the Lion of Judah, the one who leads us in the day of battle. 
the author and the finisher of our faith and our destiny. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the same spirit that created the universe at the spoken word, the same spirit that powered Jesus' ministry, the same spirit that does signs and wonders, that same spirit who's here with us on earth, being our advocate, being our friend, being our teacher, our instructor, the one who makes that word become real to us, the one who gives us that gift of faith, the measure of it, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of victory, the spirit of light and life, the spirit of your truth, that when it enters our heart, then we shall know all the truth and the truth shall set us free. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the privilege of being part of this prayer group. That group that carries your presence. We thank you, Father, that you have given us the gift of your word. You have given us the gift of your spirit. You have blessed us with every resource in heaven. You do not hold anything back. You give everything for us. That is your love for us. Unchangeable and unlimited. We thank you, Father, that you have given us the gift of prayer to be able to speak into situations, knowing the power in our spoken word, and you back that power when we speak it in faith. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. As we pray this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make by the precious blood of Jesus. I also cover every person that is part of this prayer meeting, even if they pray with this recording, and every member of their family, including their assets, their finances, their jobs, their businesses, their relationships, every aspect of their life. They're coming in and they're going out by the precious blood of Jesus. We put on our angels and assign and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will, Father, your holy and perfect will. That Jeremiah 29, 11 states, that will that is expressly written in your book for us. The book of law. We call on the angel of the Lord to encamp about us, to, uh, to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, and any kind of natural disasters. I command that angelic protection in the mighty name of Jesus. And we herald the power in our spoken word, Lord. As we speak your word with faith and with conviction. Believing every word that we are about to speak now. From Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11. Which says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven. And do not return to it without watering the earth. Making it bud and flourish. So that it yields seed for the sower. And bread for the eater. So is our word that goes out of each of our mouths this day. We declare this. That it will not return to us empty, but will accomplish what we desire and achieve the purpose for which we send it when we send it in faith, in accordance with the will of the Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that answered prayer. We thank you in advance. Today, I'd like to start a new series on repentance. And this is what the prophets came to teach us. This is the message of the Old Testament. The whole purpose of Jesus coming. 
to reconcile us to God, to restore that relationship that we broke from him. He was faithful, we broke him. And the Bible records many examples of repentance for us to learn from. Today we are going to look into those examples and learn how God looks at us when it comes down to that. And the first one I shall take is that of King David. He was called a man after God's heart. He wrote so many psalms and prayers of repentance where he said to God, search my heart and try my thoughts. And you find, if you find any wickedness in there, then I give you full permission to do with it as you please. And he was a man that made many mistakes as well. He was in adultery, in murder as well. Grave mistakes. But when he realized his mistakes, he repented and God forgave him. The relationship was quickly restored. Multiple times, not just once. Now you might say God loved him so much. And that's why he forgave him. So let's look at the next one then. The next example is that of the prophet Jonah. Jonah tried escaping when God gave him an assignment. He didn't want to go there. So he tried to push his own will in the middle. God pointed him in a direction and Jonah went in the opposite direction. God told him to go by land on a particular route. He instead went by sea in an opposite way. But trouble kept chasing him all the time until he realized his mistake and he repented. And when he repented, all those troubles stopped. Does that sound like your life? Problems after problems. And you keep wondering, Lord, why am I going through these problems? Think again, is the Lord telling you something? Ask him. What are you trying to say, Lord? Repentance can right a whole lot of those wrongs and mistakes. And realign all the things in your life so that those problems are shut down. Now, in the case of Jonah, you might also say again, but he was God's chosen prophet, so God forgave him. Okay, let's look at the next one then. This one is not a prophet, not God's favorite. Instead, he was a sinner. The third example is of King Manasseh in 2 Chronicles chapter 33. talks about him and his son. Two wonderful examples there, contrasting. Manasseh did evil all his life and rebelled against God, including to the extent, going to the extent of building temples to Baal and all the other, and engaging in idolatry and all other wickedness. He did evil in the sight of the Lord to the extent of ignoring God's warnings and God warned him multiple times. He was captured by the Assyrians and taken with a hook put around his nose. And when in captivity, he humbled himself and repented. And when he repented, God had mercy and forgave him. A lifetime of sins forgiven in one shot. Now, contradiction to this was his son, Ammon. He did evil as well. 
but he did not humble himself despite all those warnings. He didn't humble himself. Didn't learn the lesson from what his father did. Eventually, he was assassinated by his own people. A classic example of the father and the son where one repented and the other didn't. Now it is important to note that they were both God's anointed kings. And you might even say, well, they were God's anointed kings. And so God was willing to look at them for mercy, with mercy. Now let's look, then take that a step further and look at another example, similar one. The case of the two robbers who were crucified with Jesus. Both sinned all their lives. But even at the last dying moments when one repented and said, Jesus, remember me. Jesus promised him paradise. But the other only got death because of his arrogance and unwillingness to repent. These were neither prophets, neither kings, neither God's favorites. And yet one got mercy. There are a few things now I'd like to, for us to think about here. Number one, as you can see from these examples then, God does not look at your status, whether you are his favorite, whether you are his anointed, whether you are his king, his prophet, or whether you are none of these and you are just a sinner and even to the extreme. having done terrible sins all their life. All are the same in God's eyes when it comes to repentance and his mercy. He makes no difference. He is no respecter of men. That is what the Bible says in more than one place. Number two, it is not too late to repent. Many times there are people that will come and tell you, you've done so terribly, there is no hope. But as we have seen in the example above, even in the dying moments, even in the most grim of their moments, if the person repents and goes to God, he is faithful, ever willing to pour out his mercy, provided we repent. The only condition. We humble ourselves and repent. There is no other condition there. And number three, the third thing to think about is when we repent, God is merciful and forgives. But if we do not, then there is no forgiveness. We've seen that in the case of King Amon. We've seen that in the case of the robber crucified alongside Jesus. And that is what, there is only judgment for them when the time comes. And that is what Satan wants. He wants man to be fallen in the eyes of God. Which is why he keeps telling people they are guilty. All those wicked thoughts that come in the mind, there is no hope for me. There is no forgiveness for me. If that is the kind of thought you are getting, know that it is not your own heart that is telling you or condemning you. It is the wicked one. It is the wicked one that wants people to feel terrible for their mistakes and influence them to the point that they do not go to God out of that shame. 
they feel so much shame that they are they have lost their own self image and they do not even think themselves worthy to go back to god think again god said even in your dying moments come that is why we have taken these examples i will talk about that shame in our next session on monday but now what are god's thoughts towards a sinner for that let's look at how does he look at us for that let's look at one of the parables jesus taught us the parable of the weeds among the crop from matthew 13 verse 24 to 30 now a farmer in the parable is talking about a farmer paraphrasing god there who sowed wheat or sowed good christians but in the night while his servants slept while they were unaware while their guards were down the enemy sowed weeds of sin among them and the weeds grew with the wheat and he told his servants not he instructed them not to pull out the weeds lest they would disturb the crop lest they would disturb god's people it would damage them more if these if that wickedness was tried to be pulled out straight away in one go and said let it grow and then in the end at the time of harvest he instructed his servants first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burnt and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn if we are willing to let go of the weeds that grew with us we can end up in the barn but if we do not let go of the weeds then we could end up in the fire with them the only gap there is repentance letting go of the weeds in luke 5 verse 32 jesus said i have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance are you willing to hear that call and let go he came to call you and he came to call me despite being entangled in the weeds of our life he says come i will detangle them come to me i want you to be with me when we are meditating on that there are just few lines from from a popular song of worship that i just like to read about him this is what we must know about him about god which says there is no shadow you want light up no mountain you want climb up coming after me it is your jealous love for me lord and i ask for mercy for each of us that repent we call on your name like bartimaeus we call on your name thou son of david we shout for mercy for ourselves for our families mercy over our finances mercy on me for my fraternity with darkness 
mercy over my background, my ancestry, mercy over my mistakes, mercy over my relatives, mercy over all my crowns that I wore over, over and above my love for you, over and above that honor where I thought of honoring myself. Mercy over all my failures to fulfill that which I should. Mercy over me for all the times I have ignored your word, your instruction, your advice, your wisdom. For your word says in Psalm 102 verse 13, Lord, Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion. For your time to favor her has come. It is not too late to repent. We ask for that edification, Lord, that grace on our lives this day to make that decision for all those hidden sins that we have kept within our heart for ages. To make that decision today to repent and to let it go. Knowing that despite the age of that sin, no matter how long, if it is 20, 30 or 40 years old as well, it is not too late. You are ever willing to forgive if we decide to come. I ask for that grace on each of our lives this day, Lord. And as we pray for that grace, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease, those that are hospitalized will undergo any kind of procedures this day. <clears throat> we declare success over each of those procedures, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in faith. We pray for all families that are embattled, that are facing any kind of division or separation. In a special way, we pray for the children in our families. The young ones that are just growing into adulthood soon, someday they will be responsible adult human beings. That we are able to administer your word to our own families in the first instance. To minister to them that which you are teaching us. To help them grow to be good, responsible Christians. We ask for your enlightenment, your anointing and your protection, Father, over their lives. From all wickedness, that they be kept safe. We pray also for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds, including addiction, any kind of compulsive behaviors, and including ignorance, poverty, prayerlessness and busyness. Satan's ploy to keep your people away from you, Father. Every such yoke of the enemy, we declare it broken by the blood that has won all victories, the blood of Jesus, that has brought us atonement and reunited us with the Father through that gift of salvation. We plead that blood over each of these lives, Lord, and we declare freedom. We pray also for our own personal needs and those of our families and our friends especially those that are not yet saved. Quicken them, O Lord, that they might call on your name and that they shall be delivered. As we raise our own intentions, those that we are praying for as well in our personal prayers, at this altar, 
come in agreement with each of these prayer, Lord, in accordance with your word in Matthew 18, 19. Knowing that when we agree on it, and also knowing that the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am and there his spirit is also. That prayer of agreement is made under an open heaven when we release it in faith from the spirit. It must come back as an answered prayer. We keep on pursuing and we keep on pushing our faith until it crosses that escape velocity. And it can no longer be pulled down by any limitation of fear, of doubt, of worry. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift to release your tongue and faith and ask the Lord to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
The vision that I was given this morning as we were praying was the image of Jesus with his arms wide open with great love and the words spoken, come back to me with all your heart. The scripture that has been placed on my heart is from Romans 6, 22 and 23. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the return you get is sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to confirm those words. For the words that the Lord has put on my heart, and it was as if, I felt like as if he is teaching us. Seated here in front of him, his little children, teaching us the words from John chapter 3, verses 16 to 21, where he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, whosoever, not only Christians, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light. because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that does the opposite, now he that does truth, not evil, he that does truth, comes to the light that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. John 3, verse 16 to 21. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We also have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is from the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. This is quoted from the NIV where it says, it's talking about rend your heart. Now, verse 12 says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. I was talking about inward and outward 
appearance. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these reflections, please share them with the one that God is pointing you to. Also share them with your family and friends. And also encourage you to share Brother Savio's spirit-filled reflections that he shares on our Telegram group and on our Facebook page. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us and chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone.